every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this, the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am your host, Mike Falkenstein, the proprietor of the Made for Missions media series, and I'm so glad to be with you today. Uh, we've, we've got a great show for you, although I have to let everyone know that uh, I'm actually flying solo today. My co-host, Ken Watmore is not here with me, and uh, his wife needed him for some other things, and so he asked if I could do a solo episode, and so uh, and I'm recording this on my own, and uh, you know I'm going to miss Ken, but uh, I think we can forge forward. Might I just say, by the way, uh, while Ken is gone, uh, how much I've just appreciated him and uh, his heart for missions as well. You know, uh, Ken's coming from a mu- much different perspective than I am. You know, I'm a sort of a career missionary, been involved in full-time ministry since 1994. And uh, Ken largely is one of these guys that's been sort of an entrepreneur, businessman with a deep heart for missions. And so, uh, you know, we're coming at this from uh, from a different perspective. And I think that's kind of what makes the Mike and Ken team uh, work, at least in part. And so we're going to miss Ken. Uh, Ken, uh, get your wife better soon. And uh, we're looking forward to having you back for the next episode. In this episode of the Made for Missions podcast, I'm going to just take the opportunity as I'm f- flying solo to introduce a new concept uh, that we're going to start talking about here on the podcast and the subsequent blog. You know, over the years, as I've been in full-time ministry and now as I'm focusing uh, a lot of my time on mobilizing Christians towards the Great Commission, I've noticed that actually very few churches have a deep heart for missions. And as I've uh, examined this in some detail, uh, I've just come up with this phrase that I'm calling the Great Commissionless Church. And it's a church that really just has an absence of Great Commission activities. And, you know, in, in some ways, if you have a church, it it is at least in part a great, it has some Great Commission details in it, right? But there's a lot of churches I'm finding more and more churches I'm finding who actually uh, just they have a they have an absence of great commission activities and so my hope is that as we introduce in this a first podcast in a series of the great commissionless church in week 1 what is a great commissionless church uh, i hope then to be able to go to another 4 weeks of uh, how a church becomes a great commissionless church. And so we've got 
really four reasons that, that I found, and we're going to talk about those in subsequent episodes. The hope being, of course, that for those listening, whether you're a pastor, a uh, ministry leader at your church, or you're just a congregation member who has a heart for missions, uh, my hope is to be able to mobilize you all to be able to go to your leaders, to go to your pastors, or if you're the pastor, to be able to say, boy, yeah, Mike, I, we're just, we've got this absence and I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. And I know that the Bible tells me that the church was established primarily to accomplish right? The Great Commission. And so probably the one thing that I'll say before I begin in this first episode of the series is I've been involved with uh, a number of churches over the years, and I have seen different different degrees of the Great Commissionless Church and churches that I've been in, involved in. And so I've kind of come up with sort of a, a hodgepodge model church that's a Great Commissionless Church. And uh, I'm not saying that that is the, the 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 church that I'm currently involved in. I'm kind of I want to want to just keep it out of anything personal with me and kind of claim the Fifth Amendment, if you will. Meaning, you know, I just want to I want to uh, not incriminate myself or get myself in trouble with any current church leaders that I'm involved in. <clears throat> uh, so. If any of you are listening, this is not necessarily about you know our church or churches that I've been involved with in the with the past, and so so let me just begin by describing the scene, as it were, of kind of what you see in a great commissionless church because it's a very interesting it's a very interesting thing, right? So you you go into a church that is a great commissionless church and that has an absence of great commission activities, and in every other way you would think that this is a church that is on fire that is on on point on the right direction going the right direction you know you have great uh singing great worship uh generally the teaching on sunday morning will be great uh, you'll see men's and women's ministries uh, doing bible studies you know in fact you might say well even that, Mike, is 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 not a absence of Great Commission activities because you know I've even said myself before you can go out and evangelize or make disciples or teach or baptize. Certainly, there is some growth that needs to take place in our own lives as Christians, right? In fact, I just did a blog uh, post series, a blog series that uh, detailed Christian, I think it was entitled Christian Growth Towards the Great Commission, and there were some spiritual disciplines that I mentioned. And so certainly, whenever you have studying of the Word, teaching of the Word, uh, they're certainly going to be that is that is sort of a precursor to Great Commission activities, which you love to see. And obviously, most of us who are, most of you who are listening to this podcast would say, yeah, I wouldn't even attend a church that didn't correctly handle the word and didn't teach the word correctly and didn't have proper worship and opportunities for youth to grow. And so because in a lot of these churches, there is everything else going on, right? You've got everything, all these other otherwise fantastic things going on. That certainly makes the huge hole of the lack of the of talk of the Great Commission or missions so striking. And, and, and what I find generally in a 
great commissionless church is that they are not asking God to give them a heart for the for the world and they don't have any missionaries that they know so they can't be praying for any and they don't have any that they can ask to speak right when when you have a great commission focused church they know missionaries that when they come and are stateside they can uh, they can ask him to speak, and that that adds a, just a fullness to uh, the church when you find out some of what God's doing around the world. You know, they're they're not uh, they're not setting uh, aside time to pray for missionaries on Sunday morning, which I personally believe that churches should be doing that. Certainly, if not every Sunday, at least almost every Sunday, because really, again, the purpose of the church when Jesus established the church in Matthew 16 was to have a place where people could grow in their walk with the Lord and then go out and uh, fulfill the Great Commission. And, you know, many times even these Great Commissionless churches, they develop some, I don't know what to call it, some con- convoluted ideas about missions, right? I've heard, uh, I was involved with a church a number of years ago that that uh, didn't want to put in any effort to actually uh, supporting any missionaries themselves or engaging in any missionaries themselves or praying for any missionaries themselves. And so instead, they came up with this idea that, boy, we've got 200 people at our church and each of those 200 people, or at least the couples that go with each of those people, are are supporting missionaries themselves, which, by the way, I think is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, you don't know that that's going to be taking place unless the the church itself is mentioning it and praying for missionaries and giving people opportunity to meet missionaries. But but anyway, they had this idea that, boy, we've got all these people. Certainly, they're supporting missionaries. They're a part of our church. And so, therefore, our church is involved in each of those places. And at least to me, that seems like a cop-out, quite frankly. It seems like it's a boy, we don't want to spend the time doing it, but we'll just claim what everyone else is doing. We don't want to take anyone, we don't want to take any time to do any of it ourselves. So, so that is the great commissionless church in a, in a, in a nutshell. And I'm going to take a break right now and uh, give my friend uh, Tom Muller a chance to enter into our conversation. And uh, when I come back, I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of the additional four weeks of the Great Commissionless Church series here on the Made for Missions podcast. Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. As a pastor or ministry leader, you know the value of having congregation members excited about God's work, both at home and abroad. Think about having a church full of people who know their place in God's great mission, engaged to reach the world for Jesus. That's a church on fire. Or maybe you're a conference director looking for a dynamic speaker to come in and point people toward fulfilling the great commission in their lives. Mike Falkenstein would love to come and serve your church or conference by making a great speech to attendees on a Sunday morning or for a weekend event, making your event a huge success. Mike has a deep desire to make your job easier. Visit Mike's website at MikeFalkenstein.com and go to the speaking page to find out more about how you can have him come and serve you in this way. 
Well, Tom Muller, thank you so much for adding a little of your voice into the Made for Missions podcast. We're always so glad to have you. Uh, for those of you that don't know, by the way, uh, my friend Tom Muller, who does our little intermission spots, is a, well, he's a number of things. He's a fantastic guy here in the Denver area, and he actually is involved with a Christian radio station here in town called KRKS. And if you're ever in the Denver metro area, I would highly recommend that you tune in and listen to Tom. Uh, He actually does sort of their morning show over there. And so I've been interviewed by him a number of times. In fact, he has generally said, hey, anytime you've got anything you want to talk about, uh, you come over and talk about it. And so uh, if you remember, for those of you that are listeners, longtime listeners, two weeks ago, I just went over there and did a, 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 a radio show. And he, and then I just added it as one of our podcasts to give you guys an idea of, uh, again, a little bit about our heart here at the Made for Missions podcast. So anyway, Tom Muller is a great guy. And uh I would encourage any of you in the Denver area or any of you traveling to the Denver area to tune in to 94.7. Here's what I'd like to do with the rest of this podcast. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to do a five-week podcast series on the Great Commissionalist Church. Again, the heart behind it is that we want to point out that there are a lot of these churches in North America and that they were, there really should not be any of these churches in North America, that really the purpose of the church is at least in part to, to train and to help people grow so that they can go out and fulfill, fulfill the great commission that Jesus has given to us all. So, so in um, week one, of course, we're describing what is a great commissionless church, this church that really has an absence of great commission activities. They're not asking God to give them a heart for the world. And then as you tune in next week, for the next four weeks, actually, we're going to ask the question, how does a church become a great commissionless church? And I've got four reasons. This would be a good time for me to give credit where credit is due. Over the last month or two, as I think, I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that we actually have been uh, keeping pretty active on Twitter. If you want to find me on Twitter, by the way, I'm at, at Missions Mike. And boy, it's been so great. There are a lot of other other people on Twitter who are also have this very similar heart to either mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission or are wanting people to actively get involved with the Great Commission. And one of those guys is a guy by the name of Chuck Lawless. And I'll put his contact information in the show notes um, attached to this podcast. But Chuck has done some really great uh, writing on the Great Commission and sort of, I think he's got one that's eight reasons why churches don't embrace the Great Commission. And as I caught on to what Chuck was doing, it was very similar to what I was already writing. And so I've taken some of my content and added it with Chuck's. And so anyway, I feel like, boy, it's pretty important for me to cite sources. And and uh, so if some of this sounds familiar, for those of you that know Chuck, if it sounds familiar, it's because we had just very similar thoughts. And uh, so I've 
learned some from him. Uh, hopefully, he's learning some uh, from others. And uh, so I, uh, I've taken some of his content as well. So in the next four weeks, again, we're going to ask this question, how does a church become a great commissionless church? Reason number one, of course, is church leaders of these great commissionless churches know the biblical texts about the Great Commission, but they don't let them sink in. They don't let them get to the heart level, right? So if you've been a longtime listener of our podcast, you know that I've in some detail talked about the passages in Matthew 28, Mark 16, 15, and Acts 1, 8. You know, those are really the three sort of key passages that relate with Great Commission involvement, you know, where Jesus gives us a direct command. And so, obviously, because these texts are biblical texts, they're going to speak of the Great Commission, because if the Bible is the inspired Word of God, they have to at least say they believe it, right? Uh, because any evangelical church worth its salt has to say that the, that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. So they at least have to say it, but it seems like a lot of these church leaders echo the words out of evangelical habit more than a heartfelt burden. So uh, we're going to talk about that in uh, week two. Week three, answering the question, how does a church become a great commissionless church? Pastors themselves aren't committed to the task. And I can't tell you enough how many pastors I've met over the years that, again, they kind of play um, lip service to the Great Commission but clearly, but clearly, they don't, they don't actually, they're not actually committed to the task. And one of the things that Chuck wrote in one of the articles, again, I'll put the link in the show notes below, that I'd already been saying for some time is that over the years, you know, I've been in full-time ministry now 21 years, and over the years, what I found is that if the senior pastor himself is not wholly sold out to the Great Commission and using his church as a vehicle to accomplish what Jesus wants to accomplish in Great Commission work. If those pastors are not fully sold out themselves, generally speaking, the, the, the church itself will not uh, be committed to the task either. So as the senior pastor goes, so the church goes. And you see that time and time again, pastors that are completely sold out, boy, they've got exciting. Those are not great commissionless churches. Those are full, great commission fulfilling churches. Uh, week number four in answering the question, how does the church become a great commissionless church? Reason number three is, uh, at least in my mind, it seems like some leaders of churches settle with what I would call partial obedience, right? So they either will say, to their congregation, yes, you need to be evangelizing, but then they won't actually train their people on how to do it. Or yes, we need to be doing something overseas, but they never really get to uh, doing it, or they they'll just do it kind of halfway, right? That that you know, they're, they they a lot of times they settle with uh, partial obedience, and so so we'll examine that in week four, and then finally in week five answering the question, how does a church become a great commissionless church? Some church leaders develop a convoluted idea of missions and 
Great Commission work, and so we'll bring out some examples of that. I, I think I mentioned one about, oh yeah, all these other people in our congregation are supporting missionaries, and so somehow that's <laughs> that uh, that falls back to us. And I can't stress this enough that uh, again, you look at the biblical texts all the way from uh, Matthew 16 to Matthew 28. Uh, God wants to use the church to fulfill the Great Commission. And so the second half of that week five, Ken and I will give some very practical ideas on how churches can do that kind of first steps in terms of, boy, if this has touched your heart, pastor, or if this has touched your heart, ministry leader or congregation member, and you want to go to your church and have it no longer be a great commissionless church, here are some very practical ways that you can do it. And so in week five, we'll hit that. So so that's the series of the, the five-week series of the Great Commissionless Church. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, we'd love to hear from you here at the Made for Missions podcast. I'm on Twitter at Missions Mike. Uh, again, my website is Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. My normal co-host, Ken Watmore is also on Twitter, and his Twitter handle is Ken Watmore, and it's just literally the words, his last name is the words what and more. So at Ken Watmore, what more, and he'd love to hear from you as well. Ken's a great guy and would love to interact with you as well. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us for the latest episode of the Made for Missions podcast. And remember that we are all made for missions.